0: Welcome to Between the Ears, the podcast that believes it's all in your head. This is episode five. You're about to hear an unscripted conversation about responding to unhappiness. What can we do when we're unhappy? How do we know when we're unhappy? Is being happy a choice? These are difficult questions. In each podcast, our goal is to develop some potential answers by the end for our listeners. I'm Stack, and here is Z Stuff with the start of our show.
1: I love to color when I'm stressed out, unhappy, sad.
0: I heard adult coloring was a thing. So I finally met someone that does the adult coloring. You have a coloring book then.
1: I do have a coloring book and it has nothing but profanities. And I love every minute of it. So what I do is if I'm having a bad day, go home, bring out the markers and color.
0: The coloring book has profanities?
1: Yes. What do you mean? It has bitch. Um, let me see. What's another Like good you're word?
0: coloring in like, the word bitch?
1: Yes, I am coloring in the word
0: bitch. Oh, so it's made for adults. Yes. You're not just grabbing like a dinosaur
1: coloring book for a five-year-old no and any of the mermaid ones that I find I don't find them interesting so I figure I'd become an adult and color that
0: Hmm. so no word searches you like coloring books yes did you have highlights as a kid do you remember that magazine yes I did I always read that in like a dentist or doctor's office and it was awesome it was the best I was totally distracted
1: but you never had them like at in your house they never ordered them for you
0: we probably did Yeah, we probably did. I wonder if that's where the coloring thing comes from. Well, it comes from childhood, right? You're reverting back to childhood when you're unhappy. So that's what you do when you're unhappy.
1: I do. That's one of the things I do when I'm unhappy. What do you do?
0: I I can't say that's on my list. I actually have a list. Uh, I keep it on my phone on like a memo pad type thing of what to do when I'm unhappy. So the first thing I have on my list is just the word create. With an exclamation point to create something—that's the first thing on my list.
1: Oh, so that's kind of similar to what I do. Yeah,
0: I mean, do you um, when you're done coloring, do you send it to a family member? Do you put it up on your fridge?
1: Oh, I take pictures and I send it to people.
0: Do you really? I do. <laughs> do you, Do you feel a sense of pride from what you colored? Like, hey, I created this. I
1: do. I love <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, look at how beautiful this bitch is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And well, all right, I, I got should be no surprise. Uh, I got my stuff in categories. So beyond create, I have categories. I have endorphins. Sometimes I just need endorphins. So you run. Uh, yeah, bike, run, compete, exclamation point again. Um, better to do with someone, with my wife. Um, and I put that if she roots me on, if it's a competitive thing, it adds a lot to the enjoyment. But above anything else, I just need endorphins. Uh, sometimes I don't want to go do it, but I always feel better
1: afterwards. I hear it. That's what you're trying to get me into that lately. You always tell me the endorphins and I'm always like, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: another one I have is nature. Uh, I walk with Bruzo the dog. Uh, Bruzo the dog is on the, uh, our Twitter feed and uh, the picture of our podcast. Uh, Bruzo chilling out with headphones. So he gets me to go walk and that seems good. Uh, you got to slow down a little bit um, and just kind of enjoy nature like dogs do. Uh, or to go to a park. I'm even slowly, very slowly getting into gardening on some level. Um,
1: Really? Tell me about that. (laughs) I want to (laughs) know.
0: What do you want to know? I'm not like a gardener per se. I have a basil plant out in front of the house and jalapenos. And I had lemongrass this year and I cut that down because it didn't seem to be something you'd put in your food. So it's back to the creation thing. I'm creating Mm -hmm. functional plants. So it's not just gardening to create something pretty to look at. I need a plant that yields something I can
1: use. Oh, well now I know where to go (laughs) when I need some jalapenos and some, what was the other one? The lemongrass that you had cut? Lemongrass is in Thai food. Oh.
0: Oh yeah. We have tomatoes too.
1: Okay. See, there you go. I can make homemade sauce now.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Uh, so if I even read about nature, I feel better. If I'm out in nature, I feel good. Uh, so nature is a big one. Uh, but rather than going through my whole list, I'll share it as we go. Um, we have a lovely little book called A Recipe for a Happy Life by Cheryl Sabin. And it's, it's like, I don't you know, you can't even call this a coffee table book. It's so small. It's probably a put it a, above your toilet book or that, something, that I is. don't know, <laughs> on the back of the toilet. It's small and it's kind of cute and it's kind of hokey in places. But they have these little quotes on happiness by famous people. And I think if we kind of um, talk about a few of these quotes, Uh, We'll end up in a good place on understanding happiness better, and maybe figure out why you color, (laughs) and why we do what we do, and maybe we'll even get some new ideas, and so so will our listeners. Okay. So the first quote I have in this book is, happiness is, is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony, and that's from Gandhi. So what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony, and I think that's pretty much our podcast in a way. It's about the mental side of life, and... How you think uh, informs what we say, and then in turn what we do. Or what goes on between the ears leads to action.
1: I agree with that. I also, I believe it kind of coincides with what you put out, you get back. So it's like the whole positivity of the universe. Um, it hears you and it's all based on your vibes. So I do agree with that.
0: Some whole yin and yang yeah. and karma stuff.
1: Yeah, I do believe in that a lot.
0: All right, so I, I think that was the perfect, and that's why I wanted to use this book, because. That was the perfect place to start. And I think it really just explains our podcast as well. Here's another one from Mark Twain, who's always quotable. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did. I've heard that so many times. I didn't know Mark Twain said it. But Me that's neither. that's like into the lexicon of everybody. People just say that. And it came from him, I guess, originally, unless he ripped it off. So throw off the bowline, sail away from the safe harbor, Catch the trade winds in your sales. Explore, dream, discover. I like that. I like the second part even better than the first, although it's making the same point.
1: I do like the explore, the dream, and the discover part. Well, you know me. I'm already a dreamer, so. But I think I agree with the fact that if, you know, if you don't get out there and do what you want to do and set your dreams up and go for it, you're not going to, you're going to regret it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think if we do that, it implies that, uh, you're gonna fail sometimes, though, too, and that's what's hard. We talked about dreaming in a prior podcast. Um, you're gonna fail sometimes. I think that's why people don't do that. Why? It, why it is valuable advice and it strikes us as good. So, what else you got in the book?
1: It looks like um, Marcel Proust. Is that how you pronounce it? P r o u s t. I
0: think so. I think that sounds French.
1: Okay, just checking. My, my my accent. ignorance is showing. I do not accent. know. Let us be grateful to people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. I like that.
0: All right, so this is an interesting one to me. Um, So we're talking about happiness so far in an individual level. You're sitting there coloring. You're not coloring like with a group of people. No, I'm on a run. I'm often on a run by myself or biking by myself. I mentioned it. It's even better if my wife roots me on if I'm competing or something. Mm -hmm. This one, this quote is about people. And I think that's a big part of things is to be around people. We need to interact with each other. We need community in some way. People get it in a whole lot of different ways. Coffee shops, going out to bars, church, work, whatever. Um, but I think that's, and I didn't, that's not even like on my top three or four. Really? I what I do when I'm unhappy. I think it's really hard to avoid unhappiness and to consistently be happy unless you're around other people.
1: My family makes me happy. like i'm I come from a big family, and I always that's one thing that's something that my mom and I always talk about. She's always like, "I can be by myself, but you you just you always have to have that family around you. And I'm like, that's what I live. That's what makes me happy being around them, being surrounded by people I love. I don't even have to sit there and really interact with them. I could just be in the same place with them.
0: just be around right. Yeah. It's just
1: the presence.
0: Yeah, my grandfather said that before um, my grandmother died. It was just having her be in the house was important to him. It's not even important that they interacted at times. He used to say because they slept differently, she stayed up really late. He would get up earlier. Uh, they were like two ships passing in the night. But to have her in the house meant everything to him, even though they didn't always interact that's, on things.
1: That's how my grandparents were. He was in the den. She was watching TV in the living room. It worked.
0: So there, there's probably... Oh, we all need people. I think it's just really hard to be solitary. I was going to say if you're like living in a remote part of Maine, maybe you don't. But I think if you're living in a, report, in a remote part of Maine, you're probably still interacting with a really tight group of people and you're really just tight with your neighbors and your community and your family as just well. Just a
1: smaller tribe.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, so here's another one. This one's by George Sand. Uh, There's only one happiness in life, to love and be loved. So now we're talking about love.
1: I've heard that before, I like that quote. I've always liked that. Uh, I think love is a big factor in happiness, but I think it has to start with yourself. If you can't love yourself, then you really can't give love to anyone else and you really aren't happy. So I think that ultimately Mm -hmm. it starts with you. And that's something that a lot of people have a difficult time dealing with. But I do believe that love is a big factor
0: well, I think you got to know yourself to really love someone else or to be loved. I, I think a lot of marriages where people get married early, it, it falls apart on some level because of that. People go in different directions. They didn't know themselves. So the, the person that loves them, it's not even the version of them that they're going to they're gonna know in about 10 years. That person's going to change. Right. I don't think of love in terms of day-to-day happiness, though. I think of love in terms of a deep happiness, but it does make sense. Deep yeah, deep. I, I guess on my even though I made a little list on my phone of what makes me happy, it's really feeling like a really solitary, selfish list. It certainly isn't um, thinking about love that much. It's
1: not solitary. I mean, you have your wife on there rooting you on. There well, you
0: go. Well, here's the next one on my list. I put music, but I cautioned myself that I got to be careful about what music um, regarding the mood. Uh, so I'm going to go back to the late '90s, and I'm going to say, I, and I actually put it in here. I don't need nine-inch nails, for example. There's a lot of angry music in the late (laughs) 90s, and it was good. So I'd be upset about something. You put in nine-inch nails, which is pretty angry, and you just get more angry, but it's in touch with your emotion. But I don't think that's helpful to kind of snap out of a bout of unhappiness.
1: I listen to music. I listen to music every night before I go to sleep, and that actually puts me in, like, a different mood. I used to listen to music
0: every night um, until I got married. Like, I always had it on late at night to fall asleep. Is your music always, like really happy is it laid
1: back um right now i'm kind of like listening to my heart station on pandora like kind of like you know it's giving me like some deaf leopard and some ozzy so it's not really laid back it's more like just yeah out there
0: so it just goes different in yeah different directions mm-hmm. based on what you're listening to um all right so let's go to another one um Marcus Aurelius, which was the first, uh, he was a Roman emperor. He was the first uh, bit of philosophy I've read in my life. Um, so we'll hmm. see what he says. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Again, that's pretty much our podcast, Between the Ears, the mental side of life. It's everything.
1: So he knew what was going on before we did. Look at that.
0: Yeah, it, it probably.
1: Tell the future.
0: It's not a direct line, but there's a really indirect line for me between reading that as my first bit of philosophy, reading a million other things, going through life. 20 years passing, I don't know, and leading up to this podcast. But there's probably an indirect line mm-hmm. from reading that to this.
1: Thoughts become things. That's my opinion.
0: All right. Um. So do you have anything else besides coloring you do when you're unhappy? I'm kind of just gradually going through my list.
1: Um. I started yoga. Mm-hmm. So it really just started out as my mom wanted to do yoga. And I was like really opposed to it because I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit there and start busting out laughing in the first five minutes which when I first did it, I did feel like that. But toward the end of the class, I really felt good. And it. Um, I found that the next day I was like stressed out and I just started to repeat what I had learned in yoga and it kind of centered me again. So it, it kind of worked out.
0: So yoga is a new thing or you've done it for a while? It's a new you're... thing
1: actually. Oh,
0: so you've already kind of put it in your toolbox that if you're feeling unhappy.
1: Yep, So go there. Mm-hmm. And what is it, the mantras? I
0: yeah. feel like with that and... I don't know, maybe music, but definitely nature and running. We already got a little trend going that a lot of it's like meditation in a way, right? It is. Like you're not, you're present when you're doing yoga, but isn't it kind of, it's almost like a mantra. You're just mimicking some moves you see, Mm -hmm. and and you kind of meditate in a way. You just kind of quiet down your brain, maybe.
1: That's, yeah, that's something I definitely have to do because my brain's always out there. It's always in a thousand different directions, and but I was also um. I was looking at my list, too, and you said endorphins on your list, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I clean. There's times that I'm cleaning, and that creates endorphins. And that makes me happy.
0: I didn't put it to make me happy when I'm unhappy, but if I feel like life was going out of control, I would also clean. And I, And for me, I pretty much knew what I was doing pretty quickly. It gave me some element of control. Yes. That I was like tidying up the house and I, I felt like things weren't spinning out of control and I had control. But I, for me, it doesn't make me happy. Do you think it makes you happy or it's just that control makes, thing?
1: I think it makes me happy and it's the control at the same time. Because once it's done, it's like, oh, look how pretty this is. Like if someone walked into my house, they'd be like, mm, it smells so good. I got so. you. <laughs> That's
0: cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> instead of just moping around, you know, opening a thing of ice cream, you did something productive, which is good.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to keep the ice cream out the house.
0: All right, let's go. Let's go with a few more uh, quotes. Uh, Thomas Jefferson: "It is neither wealth nor splendor, but tranquility and occupation which gives you happiness." It's neither wealth nor splendor, but tranquility and occupation that which gives you happiness.
1: So, So, is he meaning wealth as a monetary, as in cash? Yeah, definitely. Money doesn't make happiness. That's I I agree with that. That's
0: what he's saying in his ancient seventeen hundreds way. Because they didn't, they didn't have. um, Well, they did have colonial paper money. But for a long time, they actually traded like gold and mm-hmm. precious metals. So um, it wouldn't come out the same with him, uh, what wealth is. And there's no taxes on land. So land might have be, been viewed as wealth. Not that we don't think it today, but we have to pay taxes on land.
1: So it's still, it still comes back to money for us, the cash. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's saying money. And then splendor is what you buy with the money. He, he was known for, you know, getting a lot of stuff from Britain or France and fancy sort of things, importing them. Um, And he's saying those things don't make you happy. Although his actions would suggest otherwise, (laughs) since he did that his whole lifetime. Uh, Tranquility, I feel like that's nature. That's home. That's simplicity is what he's saying. Tranquility and occupation gives you happiness. Occupation coming from Thomas Jefferson is a funny one again. He's saying work gives you happiness. He owns slaves. I don't know how much real hard work he was doing. He did the work of thinking. I give him credit for that. He's obviously accomplished, but other people were doing the day-to-day toil that one would do in those days. But the sentiment's beautiful, right? As most Most people do
1: now in this day and age. What? What do you mean? Occupation and somebody else is doing the thinking while others are doing the working. So I don't know. I I don't know about the occupation part on that, but I can agree with everything else he said. I, I think
0: there's something about work. There's sometimes I go out in the yard, which is nature again. And I do something I don't want to do, but something about doing the work, I suddenly—I don't well, suddenly—I gradually get relaxed, and I—I I, I feel a little pride—pride pride in what I did—and I'm satisfied with the work, like it was meaningful in some way. Maybe it's more a sense of meaning
1: than anything. Accomplishment.
0: All right. So at this point, I want to—I want to pivot to something else. Uh, this is from a book. Um, he's a psychologist, uh, Daniel Gilbert. Stumbling on Happiness is the book, and I want to question. What is happiness? Because um, we're going from a pretty traditional view. And he gives an example of two people, uh, George Eastman and Adolf Fisher, um, in terms of what happiness is. So listen to the stories of both of them. Adolf Fisher um, was a labor union official and he got people organized, all the immigrants that worked in um, Chicago in the meatpacking district at mm-hmm. the end of the 19th century, um, and really. You know, it was the it was the rise of unions to give people rights not to work so many hours, so many days to get paid a fair rate. Well, this obviously caused some problems. So eventually, Adolf Fisher, the book says, was tried and on the basis of paid and perjured testimony was sentenced to die for a crime he did not commit. Sounds awful, doesn't it? It does. So on November 11th, 1887, he stood at the gallows. I guess they hanged him. Uh, Hmm. He stood at the gallows and surprised everyone with his last words. This is the happiest moment of my life. A few seconds later, the trapdoor beneath his feet fell away. The rope snapped his neck and he was dead. This was the happiest moment of his life.
1: He died for a cause that he believed in. I think
0: it goes back to that meaningfulness thing again. I just mentioned on a much more dramatic level. Um, But if I just told that story without his last words, we would say, oh, we'd we'd feel sorry for him. Right. That's what our brains would say. and, And that's why it's included in this book on happiness, too. But this person was actually really happy with what they did. At, for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, then we have another person, uh, George Eastman who ran Kodak for years and years um, who also advocated for people and he was very successful with Kodak cameras. He developed a revolutionary management philosophy as well. Give his employees shorter hours, disability benefits, retirement annuities, life insurance, profit sharing, and ultimately one third of the stock in his company. Um, it's also where 401ks come from, um, from Kodak as well. So that sounds pretty good. Um, I'm thinking back to Jefferson's quote. He had wealth. wealth. He had splendor. Um, the George Eastman houses in Rochester, New York. You can tour it still, and it's very nice to say the least. Um, so on March 1- so we'd say he's happy, right? right. That's what our brains he's would occup- say.
1: Occupation. But
0: yeah, that's- meaningful work. Right. Right. All right. So he has that um, mm-hmm. wealth, splendor, but... It sounds like he didn't have tranquility uh, because on March 14, 1932, the beloved inventor and humanitarian sat down at his desk, wrote a brief note, neatly capped his fountain pen and smoked a cigarette. Then he surprised everyone by killing himself. Um, his last words written on a legal pad were, dear friends, my work is done. Why wait? And he shot himself in the heart. So. Wow. So a little morbid. We got two deaths. But again, uh, some of the extreme examples that we used before illustrate points. George Eastman, our brains would say that person must be happy. That person was not happy, um, and then the other one, uh, Adolf, was happy when he died right. um, uh, after doing the labor union thing. So I come back to one of our original questions: Is being happy a choice? Is it the genetic makeup, the the psychological wiring of those two people, or was it a, a conscious, uh, volitional choice, you know. Um, the circumstances were not bad for George Eastman, but, you know, life gave him a lot of good things or he created a lot of good things, but he still ended up that way. So as I put it to you, is happiness a choice on the days you feel unhappy and you're coloring away with your crayons? You use crayons, <laughs> I right? Use markers. Oh, markers. All right.
1: I got crayons though, you
0: know. All right. So when you're coloring <laughs> and you're unhappy, was it a choice?
1: To be unhappy or to color?
0: Uh, no, not the coloring. That's your response (laughs) to make yourself happy. But you, you, your brain has said somewhere in there that you're unhappy. You know, you've identified you're unhappy and you, you went to coloring unless you just, you know, did it to do it that day. Um, is being happy
1: a choice? It is. I think it's a choice. I think it's a lifestyle, but I also think that your genetics do have, um, a say in your happiness at the same time. I think it's all, it's all composed into one. Um, some days you wake up, miserable, but you try to choose, you make that choice to either continue to be miserable or to try to change the way you think and make your day better.
0: So you think it's a, it's a choice.
1: It's a choice. Yeah.
0: So what about all the people on antidepressant, anti-anxiety drugs? Are they all wrong? Are they all weak?
1: I don't think they're weak necessarily. I just think it's harder for them to choose to be happy.
0: Are they over overmedicated? Uh, that's
1: a possibility too. I mean,
0: you're working through it with crayons. I've given a few things I do. i got to believe for some people, there is some predeterminate. There's some sort of disadvantage. I don't know if it's familial or genetic in origin, where at least those medications are justified. I'd like to think for short term, but there's so many variations of normal like we talked about. Mental illness is probably the biggest question of what's normal. Um, that for some people, they, they may really need those things long term. But I, I'd like to think, and it's probably wishful thinking that all those medications are just a short-term thing. And yeah, it's a choice and it's something that we all got to work through. Um, but some people have very heavy experiences. You shared one in a past episode as well. Um, I don't know how people get over different things that truly are heavy beyond the the day-to-day ups and downs, ebbs and ebbs and flows of life.
1: I just got to find a way to fight those demons. It's hard, but you have to try.
0: All right. So let's go back to, uh, some famous quotes and see what else we learn about happiness and uh, keep going through our happiness list and see if our list changed by the end. I'm debating whether I should start coloring and maybe you're about to take up running and yoga. We'll see.
1: Oh, you're asking for a lot there with the running. Come on Stack, you know better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Claude Monet famous painter. The richness I achieve comes from nature, the source of my inspiration. So I I feel validated, nature's on my list.
1: Look at that. I think nature is a beautiful thing though. I think when you really sit back, relax and breathe and just take in your surroundings, you're like, wow, like this is really nice. I know I've started doing that since I moved up here more. Like I'll just look out the window and be like, wow. Okay.
0: Not as much uh, inspiration in the concrete jungle of New York City. Oh. Some people are inspired by the architecture and you know. The The concrete
1: jungle's home, so that's my heart. Yeah, but you're
0: saying the the true nature, the more natural nature.
1: Yeah, Um, that's up here to me. Yeah. You know, it's kind of country up here to me, quote unquote.
0: So here's another Gandhi quote. Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. So I used to quote this to myself. Evidently it was Gandhi. And I ended up in a lot of credit card debt early in college.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because you read this in the first person. I thought it was you.
0: (laughs) Because, I mean, if you're going to die tomorrow, who cares if you have credit card debt? Who cares what you spend money on? It doesn't matter. So I, I think we're back into where the book started with harmony. Oh, yeah, and that was Gandhi's quote, too, right? Oh, on look harmony. At him. So things <laughs> he got to be in harmony. harmony. Um, we can't go to extremes. But I, I I think he's talking in principles. If we were to read this quote in context, it's probably about some of his work that he did towards independence and probably inspiring others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of quality of life in India, I'm guessing there. Well,
1: it's kind of nice to see how he uh, affected you in both ways. Yeah, found harmony and credit card debt. Thanks to Gandhi.
0: (laughs) This kind of shows how dangerous quotes can be, too. Yeah, you know, you could find I mean, I know Jefferson. Well, um, and we just went through two Gandhi quotes. You can go either way. You can pick out a quote from from either of them. the Bible's kind of good and bad that way, too. You can mm. find some contrasting viewpoints in some ways if you just take it at the surface. Uh, so let me share something else from what I do when I'm unhappy. Um, I got a category called activity and health, and I put wine but moderate wine. Can't go <laughs> to extremes. That you know, Maybe that's a cautionary thing for me. Or,
1: wine makes you feel uh, fine.
0: And um, to minimize the sugar and the sweets. You kind of you got to like recover after sugar. I think I get more of a sugar hangover than a wine hangover, um, taken in moderation. I've had more of a headache or feel lousy after a bunch of sugar late at night or a baked good in the morning than I did from drinking wine. But that's just me and my chemistry. I was going to
1: say, you're a lot healthier than I am. So the sugar hangover doesn't apply to me, but the wine hangover would.
0: I, I think my blood is adjusted. It's actually red wine flowing through me. So Look we'll at see. you.
1: All right, fancy.
0: I'm going to get a little personal here. I put fiber and water a key. I guess uh, we don't want to get constipated. You got to be hydrated. You
1: can't be full of shit, right? That's you right. You just color it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else I got. I think I'm I overshared there with fiber and water.
1: Hey, um, I color it.
0: Oh, wait, only by desserts. And this is a recent one. Only buy desserts that we can't make or to get new inspiration. So basically, if we go out to a restaurant, I'm not getting dessert because I think dessert's really easy to make for anyone that cooks a reasonable amount of time. It's not hard to throw some sugar together and some other things. I don't need to pay for it at a restaurant, and the restaurant's not limited to make things really decadent with packing in the sugar, the butter, whatever it is. Um, so the point here for me is food, food and drink. It matters. Um, I love to have a good meal, and uh, I talked about this to my wife the other day. And we're having a good meal, saying how great it is. And while we're having it, we're talking about what our next meal is and what we're gonna make. And I, I always thought that was like not living in the moment, but now I now I'm feeling gluttonous with that. I, I feel like that's that's a good way to live a life. I'm there just gonna go. go right with it.
1: Want to know something? Food's on my list too. So. All right, there all right. So
0: how do you how would you phrase your view of food if you're unhappy? You said you're trying to keep ice cream out of the house. That's the classic thing. I'm gonna go, someone broke up with me, I'm gonna go
1: have a pint of ice cream. Right, so Uh, lately, because I am trying to slim down for my own reasons, um, I just, I have apples in the house now. I do have more fruit, so if I'm having a bad day and I just want something sweet, my go-to right now is really just an apple.
0: Do you know how much better an apple is right off the tree than buying it from a store? It's like not even the same product.
1: Are you gonna grow me a tree though?
0: (laughs) Oh, you got
1: some more, be- you got some stuff growing back there now. Come we are. On.
0: I, I am planning to put a few apple trees in now that you are. No way, really? We are in the great state of New York and second, maybe only to Washington. We got a ton of apples. They are not far away. We've already gone and, and picked some, but they taste so much better. Anyways, we're so, getting well, off track. So, food, are, apples are.
1: That's my goal too right now. Uh huh. So um, let me see, what else have I been eating?
0: But what is that what you go to to make you happy? Like I'm actually saying a big key to my happiness is how I treat wine and food.
1: Caffeine is what I, is my wine. Caffeine, caffeine will be is my wine. Yeah, coffee. Do you, like, that's my life.
0: Do you sometimes have too much caffeine?
1: Um, I was, so I, I slowed it down, mm-hmm. but I can't, I love it. I can't go a day without coffee.
0: Well, I don't think you're alone at all uh, with caffeine. All right, let's go back to our, our general quotes here. James Oppenheim, the foolish man seeks happiness in the distance. The wise grows it under his feet. The foolish man seeks happiness in the distance. The wise grow it under his feet. What the heck do you think that means? That's why I read it twice.
1: Um, I guess when, when you say distance, in a sense, you're like, looking toward the future and not really in the present so i guess the why is growing under their feet meaning you know they're in the present it's right there yeah I,
0: that's how i took it too you got to you got to be in the present and don't keep thinking about the future don't keep pining it's going to be better in the future you got to work right now to create the happiness that you want so kind of a statement on being being present right yes all right what else do you want to pick out from that quote book
1: Martha Washington, the greatest part of our happiness depends on our dispositions, not our circumstances.
0: Yeah, that's again, our podcast. That's the whole genesis of that, our whole theory. It is not about the circumstances. It's funny, these quotes coming from these people. Yeah. Since I know history, she was notorious for mourning for a very long time after she left her husband. And isn't, it, it? I never felt like she was the happiest person. But we don't know. A lot of the correspondence that she had with her husband, I think, she destroyed. So we probably don't know enough about her. She may have been a lovely person. I think Abraham Lincoln's wife gets the same knock, but...
1: Why? What's wrong? What's Abe Lincoln's wife all about?
0: Well, she wasn't known as depressed, but maybe Uh, a little manic and spending and... and, um, A normal person. Well, she also mourned after the death of her son and, you know, some say maybe didn't really fully recover from that. Didn't rebound in a way.
1: It's hard. When you yeah, I mean, that, that's a
0: legitimate reason. Yeah. But there it is, an inspirational quote from Martha Washington. But so hard to um, to practice what you preach.
1: It is. Yeah, It, it really is.
0: What else you got from so that? So I
1: got some Emily Dickinson. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. So
0: I think she romanticizes it and she possibly found it fleeting.
1: Look at that. Right? That's, yeah, that's, I mean.
0: Because maybe those that aren't as happy as often or prone to melancholy or depression, they appreciate it even more when they're happy. And other people take it for granted that they just bounce through life.
1: Hmm. What do you think? I kind of, yeah, I don't know. That one kind of caught me off guard. Like,
0: well, it's a, it's a really different description of happiness. Yeah. yeah. Compared to everything I mean, that we've read. She was a writer, you know, so you, you tend to be a little more lyrical probably.
1: That is true but
0: all right I'm gonna I'm gonna run down a couple other things that I do. Um, I remind myself of finance. Um, I actually like buying and selling stocks a lot and because I enjoy it so much I want to remind myself to do it and to do more of it basically is what I'm saying um, and even to manage the money of other people. that's how much I like it um, I think that comes from, well, I just like it, but I like it because it creates something in my brain when I do it. They say it's a dopamine response, which is basically it happens if you snort cocaine I've read or anything pleasurable. So you could say anything that gives you pleasure creates a dopamine response. But when you invest in a stock and it's successful, um, probably especially short term, it goes up, you get a dopamine response. So I'm probably addicted to that dopamine response, similar to you as caffeine. Yes. I, I would think too.
1: Money makes me unhappy, so let's not talk about that. The purpose is to be happy.
0: Well, that's important, though. The, the, uh, you can not, help me
1: budget my money. Not comfort
0: of money, but how money can be a source of unhappiness for you. And for me, it's more a source of happiness. I don't feel like we're extremes at all. We're both trying to strike that balance with money. Because I always have the, do you want to spend a lot of money? Is it more about your lifestyle? The kind of, you know, the other quote we read about living for today and that sort of thing. Um,
1: Minus the credit card debt.
0: Yeah, not taking it to that extreme, but having it under control, I would say, with money is probably an important part of happiness. It's probably a boring part because then the words like budgeting come up and stuff like that. Um, So it's probably a boring aspect of it, but an essential aspect in in today's world where uh, I don't think it's really hard to be self sustainable, um, to have your own fruit trees, to grow everything to eat, to make your own clothes. You're going to have to buy stuff. Um, You're going to have to get places that requires money.
1: You seem to be doing well on the growing stuff, so you're just. I'm just gonna bring my money books over to you and be like, "Help me, just help me budget."
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think my my basil my basil plant's gonna get us through the year. It's you not, never
1: know. It's
0: not gonna feed a family of two, let alone a family of four. Uh, so I put reading is really important for happiness. Um, I find that. If it's a contemporary newspaper today, it helps me get out of my own head by thinking of others without going too far. I may have said before in another podcast, NPR can take me too far. And I'm hearing about all these different international countries and their problems. I don't want to hear sometimes. I don't want to worry about the whole world. It's a little too much um, of a burden to worry about every country in the world. But in general, to read and to think about other issues and other people, at least within our nation, sometimes internationally, it's to me, it gets me out of my own head. And in general, reading is an escape to me. So um reading's not
1: on my list. I didn't
0: think so. I was going to say, I was trying to think of how to phrase it. If you're doing coloring books, I'm thinking reading is not the well, it is an escape for you, but it's the reading of the coloring books.
1: Yes. So so we're different words in the coloring books.
0: We're different that way. And that's, I think what we didn't talk ahead of time about this conversation. But I expected that would be the case for both of us. Which is good to show people that if they become unhappy or what makes people happy can be a little different. We found a commonality maybe with nature, endorphins and um, money we just talked about. But there's other things that are different for us. Um, For you it's caffeine. For me it might be more wine even in terms of food. But there's differences. We're not all the same. Uh, I did put family relationships. um, Just even talking with my wife um, and hanging out with a dog and some extended family making memories together that are significant. That that to me is really good and part of happiness. To not have that would definitely make me unhappy. And you mentioned that too. Yeah, family family relationships.
1: That's a big thing for me as well. Uh,
0: I feel like you you're holding out on some other fun thing you do when you're unhappy. Since you got the coloring and yoga, are there other things you're holding out on that really make you happy?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I really like. Coloring art is really my goal too. In general, that is one thing. It's not just coloring; it's art. I do find um, I love ceramics. If I could find a class that I can go to, I would. I mm-hmm. love to create, like you.
0: Is ceramics the same thing as pottery? Yes. Okay. I know where there's a class, so your excuse will be eliminated.
1: Oh, nice! All right, so you, ceramics nice. and pottery.
0: So you, the creation thing is really common for us. We just create yeah. different things. We're creating right now the podcast. Yep. Um, but to create something that that is interesting.
1: Yeah, I've always I've always loved art. I don't know where it comes from because I don't think anybody else in my family really likes it, but me. So. Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it's what makes us all unique.
1: I like ballet too.
0: Ballet. I do. All right. Hey, listeners, want to share what's going on between your ears? Tell us about your similar love of ballet or ceramics. Tweet us at between underscore cast. Now back to our conversation. So art, that's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Is art an appreciation of nature or humanity, us being part of nature, or is it the creation thing for you? Could you go to an art museum and get the same effect that art does for you? Yes. Yeah. I
1: could. I. I love it
0: so looking at art is more passive in some ways versus creating though
1: that is true
0: I think it kind of touches it, on nature well, in some way or it's appreciating it's appreciating other people's creations right yeah their creativity because
1: when I look at a picture it's just like you know where do they what inspired them I mean you see the art some people draw, paint nature okay well that inspired them but what prior to that you know what really brings them to that love of that of that specific scene. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm sitting there looking at their art, I'm sitting there exploring and looking into the picture deeper. And it's like, you know, I go further into, I guess, you know, my own zone. And I just think about, wow, what's out there and how much it's so beautiful and yeah. where can I go?
0: Yeah, I remember when I saw my first Rembrandt at the J. Paul Getty Museum in Los Angeles, it stopped me in my tracks. It was amazing, and, and but I can go through art, kind of like an antique store or something, junk, junk, junk. Or I don't appreciate it, I underappreciate it, and then all of a sudden, there's something that just has an impactful thing on me, and I feel like I can remember where I am, where I was standing when it happens, almost like people talk about nine eleven or when JFK was shot, and mm-hmm. that kind of like you remember where you were. Right. There's some examples of art that I I feel that way, which is kind of an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget. Um- Art class in high school, because that's when I first started with pottery and ceramics. at so the first time I threw the clay on the wheel, and I just was I was able to just create my own art. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was awesome. I loved it.
0: That that's what we need for people. That you just get exposed to all sorts of stuff and find what you like. Not I'm thinking of kids again. Um, you know, for parents, just expose your kids to all sorts of stuff and find out what they like. Um, and let them pick. Um, I did have on my list cooking at home, especially with my wife again. So that's another element of creation is cooking to me. What have you cooked
1: cooked. recently?
0: Oh man, we did a lot of stuff. Um, I finally made macaroni salad. I got to do it gluten-free and that was fantastic. I put a totally different spin on it with these spicy peppers and it was fantastic. We didn't refrigerate it to kill it for like a few hours. Mm -hmm. Um, We did um, this tomato and like bread soup which probably comes from it comes from italy it's probably like some italian peasant food to use up the tomatoes (laughs) and use up stale bread um and a bunch of other stuff um so yeah we've been on fire with that when you don't go out to eat and you really cook it's interesting and one leftover or one other ingredient leads to the next one so
1: you need to share come on like what's up i'm trying to lose some weight so help me with the (laughs) gluten-free i'll try it i'll be your test dummy
0: all right that sounds good
1: So what else, what else you got on your list?
0: On my list, I think that's about it. I mean, I think the hardest one to me is, and it's not for everybody is, is with work where that fits in. It's not really on my list. It's more for me making sure work doesn't damage what I'm trying to do. Um, And I think that's pretty common. I mean, I think it's rare that people are doing exactly what they love. If I love tennis, I'm not a professional tennis player. You know, I, I, I think, Work is a whole nother category. All right. So I I think I I just think that's one that we could talk about for a while. And I think a lot of listeners uh, would relate to. So so now, you know, listeners, what we do when we're unhappy and you know that we both feel that happiness is a choice largely. um, But there are there's going to be people and situations that it's going to take other people and possibly even medication to help people with it. And that's appropriate and just part of life and necessary. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk about happiness and how work intertwines with happiness in the future. Mm, Interesting. You've been listening to the Between the Years podcast. Have a future topic idea or just want to interact with us? Tweet us at between underscore cast. Thank you for listening.